five, four, three, two, one. Boom. What's up, ladies and gentlemen? Welcome to episode 14 of Segments. It is your host, Gabriel Hernandez. Yeah, it's hot as fuck today. But anyways, what's up, guys? It's good to be back. We wrapped up a great episode of the G Meeker MMA show the other day, episode 144. It is beautiful, but fucking hot. Wednesday, June 20th. 2018. Great to be back, ladies and gentlemen. Got a great show planned today. Great episode. Great everything. First and foremost, my favorite mixed martial arts podcast, the MMA Hour, now will be hosted by none other than MMAfighting.com's and Series XM Radio's Luke Thomas. Which was a big surprise for me personally. I thought the MMA hours was just going to discontinue and everything Ariel Hawani was doing was going to go to his new show, which airs on ESPN Plus, called, it's titled, Ariel and the Bad Guy, alongside Chael Sutton, who is a.k.a. the bad guy. That's, that's, that's his nickname. That's what he's had since he's been in, in the fight game. So Chael Sonnen... And Ariel Helwani will host that. That airs live today on ESPN+. Plus. You can subscribe for $4.99 a month. $4.99. Five bucks a month for ESPN+. Plus. Now, I know for a lot of people, including myself, it's, it's, a, it's a huge move. You know, Ariel Helwani making his move to ESPN is a big move for Ariel. He's always wanted. He's always talked about it. He's always had aspirations on, on making it to ESPN. Now he's finally... There he's been successful. There, no, he's, he hasn't been successful. He he, he made a successful, um, you know, debut to ESPN. The fact is, he doesn't no longer work for MMAfighting.com. He he's making his debut today, working for ESPN. So he's officially going to be working for ESPN. Congrats to Mr. Helwani, which is very very proud of him. Very excited for him and very excited to jump on this bandwagon and watch his progression. I want to see how he's going to do. I want to see the show. It should be an excellent, excellent show because Chael Sonnen is great as well as Ariel Hawani. So this is going to be an amazing, stellar show. I can't wait to see what happens to him. And I know a lot of people are upset because, you know, the MMA Hour is one of the best podcasts out there. If not the best, you know, MMA Hour with uh, Ariel Hawani was a show that I always tuned in every single Monday. And now with the Luke Thomas, Luke Thomas isn't bad either. He's a great, he's great at what he does. He's a fantastic, he's fantastic at his job as well. It's just going to be a different look because for for years and years, it's been the MMA Hour with Ariel Hawani. Now it's like Ariel Hawani, you know, it's taken over. You know, Luke Thomas has taken it over. And now it's from 12 to two. 12 to 2 so we only get a couple hours and um, um, it's just uh, it's an unfortunate thing at least for MMA fans because um, you know we're, it's called the MMA hour but we're we, we get like 5 to 6 hours that's the thing we got 5 to 6 hours of Ariel Hawani time and I've said it many times Ariel Hawani is the best in the business. I mean, the way that he is able to 
ask the questions to the fighters. I've always been a huge fan of the way he's been able to, his personality, the way he's been able to talk to the fighters, interview the fighters, come up with all these great, intelligent, and creative questions. And, you know, he really builds a relationship with the fighters. He has a great relationship with a lot of fighters. I know a lot of people get annoyed with him sometimes, but I think Ariel Hawani's perfect at his job, and that's why currently I'm very happy and, and super stoked to be able to, as a fan and as a fellow podcaster myself, it's nice to see Ariel making that move to ESPN alongside Chael Sonnen. I mean, Chael Sonnen's already been at ESPN and stuff, so he's been, he'll be welcoming Ariel Hawani later on today on ESPN Plus. Like I said, it's four ninety nine a month. Um, I think he said he'll be able to watch it on Twitter as well, and and you'll be able to eventually see it. But um, I mean, a lot of fan. I noticed a lot of. Uh, I was reading a lot of the comments kind of seeing a lot of the same reactions from a lot of people that I had. And, you know, the fact is, you know, MMA, I mean, it's like Luke Thomas podcast. If you listen to Luke Thomas's podcast and you're a fan of him, that's fine. So Luke Thomas fans, everybody that, that tunes in to hear him, they're going to be extra happy. I mean, we got a lot of Ariel Hawani fans, a lot of people that aren't used to Luke Thomas, like myself. I mean, I'll give it a try. I mean, I'm not speaking too highly of it because, you know, I've always listened to Ariel's show. And it's not, it's not the only podcast I listen to, but it's just a different move because how big of an Ariel Hawani fan I am because of the way he is, like I was saying. So it's going to be a different view, a different vibe. And I, I, I'm curious to see how it's going to go for Luke. I mean, ratings-wise, I don't know what it's going to do and how it's going to impact the MMA Hour for MMAfighting.com. But, you know, Ariel and the Bad Guy premieres today, and I can't wait to watch it. I can't wait to see it. You know, I'm, I'm, I was happy to get five hours of Ariel Hawani every week, and now we don't know how much time for Ariel Hawani we're going to get. That's the thing. I love Ariel Hawani. I love Chell Sonnen, so I'm 100% behind this bitch. This is fucking awesome. I can't wait to see what's going to happen. All right, moving on, ladies and gentlemen. Um, this weekend, we got some fights coming up of Singapore. UFC uh, Fight Pass. Cowboy Cerrone, we talked about this on the last episode of the Jimmy Kermit Show. But um, we we have, uh, what's it called? Uh, we have... Um, uh, Cowboy Cerrone taking on Leon Rocky Edwards, who is riding a six-fight winning streak right now. It's kind of tiny for the weight class, but I feel Cowboy Cerrone is the type of guy who brings it every single time. That's the thing. Cowboy Cerrone brings it every single time. He's very well-rounded. He's he's good in all areas. We, we've seen him knock people out. We've seen him submit people, and we've seen him decision people. We've seen, he, he's good in all areas. He has great takedowns. He has a great ground game. You know, his ground game is very threatening, so, you know, he, he disguises it well. You know, if you take him to the ground, you're in for a wild night with Cowboy Cerrone. You know, he, he's a wild fighter. You know, he's he's been in multiple fight of the nights. You know, he's earned a lot of post-fight bonuses fight of the nights and you know he's a veteran you know he's been around the sport for a very long time he's been there since the wec days he fought for uh the ufc lightweight title you know obviously fell short you know he's kicking ass down on 155 pounds he recently made the move to 170 pounds you know beating uh um i think he, he, well, who else? Who did he beat at 170 pounds? He's being a. Uh, he beat um, the Hawaiian Hawaiian Yancey Medeiros. He's uh, 
Cowboy Cerrone. Let me look at his history. I, I, I'm, I'm drawing a serious blank right now. I'm drawing a serious blank right now. Um, but, you know, he's kicking ass at 170 pounds. Um, I think he beat, he, he beat Cowboy Oliveira as well. So I, I'm, I'm trying to see who else he's beaten. Cowboy Oliveira, Yancey Medeiros. Um, let's see. We'll pull up his Wikipedia. Which I feel is one of the most reliable things to look at for, for MMA fighters on there. If you're looking at a lot of popular UFC fighters, there's a lot of good uh, stuff on there. Uh, he's, okay, well, obviously, he was kicking ass at 170 pounds, but, you know, he hit a slid where he lost three in a row. But, um, damn, Cerrone. His last loss before... Before he went on a four or five win streak, he was he lost at Rafael dos Anjos for the lightweight title, and then he went up to 170, beat out Cowboy Oliveira. He stopped Patrick Cote. First guy to stop Patrick Cote with strikes. Rick Story beat him, stopped him. TKO head kick and punches. Matt Brown he knocked out Matt Brown with the head kick, which was beautiful. And after that, he fought Masvidal, lost to Masvidal, lost to Robbie Lawler, and lost to Darren Till. And recently came back and fought Yancy Medeiros, and now he's going to be fighting a dangerous, dangerous striker in the form of uh, Leon Rocky Edwards, who is a very good striker with huge knockout power as well. And in the co-main event, we also got a great fight, great contest, battle of light heavyweights, Olvin St. Prue taking on... Um, Tyson Pedro. Tyson Pedro has yet to really make a huge, big statement. I know he's very popular. Obviously, the Aussie from Australia. You know, you got you got the huge Australian fan base. You got a lot of talented Australian fighters. Obviously, look at the middleweight champion, Robert Whitaker. I mean, you got fan favorites like Mark Hunt, Tai Tuivasa. I mean, back in the day, Soa Paleli. Um, you know, all these guys are fan favorite fighters, so you know he brings it every single time. Obviously, he's coming. He came off of a loss to uh, a leader Latifi, where he was wrestled. I mean, Tyson Pedro's a big motherfucker, that's for sure. So he was a big motherfucker, and he fought against another big, thick, strong motherfucker in the form of the leader Latifi, who's also a very strong wrestler. He's very thick and very muscular, so obviously there's no shame in him losing to him. But you know, that's a. a that's a big, big fight. It's a big test. You know, for Pedro, he gets a chance to crack the top 10 with the win over St. Pru. You know, St. Pru has this tendency to, you know, sometimes he shows up and he's on fire. And sometimes it seems like he holds back. He lay, he kind of uh, sits back and kind of, you know, isn't really look, looking necessarily for a finish. He's not hunting to take your head off. It's kind of like he kind of had some ups and some downs, you know, that split decision loss to, um, Volkan Ozdemir, had he won that fight, we would have probably seen a different landscape at 205 pounds fighting for the title. I mean, Volkan probably wouldn't have even fought for the title, if, if, if anything, because, you know, Olven St. Prue just, he needs to turn up the heat. Sometimes you don't know where his head can be at, but, you know, when he's on, he's on. I mean, the way he knocked out Shogun, the way, uh, the way he knocked out Corey Anderson with that head kick is nasty. I mean, he has power. He packs a serious power in his hands. It's just a matter of, you know, showing up and, and executing his game. You know, Pedro is a very tough guy. He's a thick, strong guy as well. And, you know, it, it only it only depends on who shows up and, and what goes down. So that's an excellent fight. Um, with the win for Ovin St. Prue, I feel in, this, that, that, in the light heavyweight division right now, it puts him in the prime spot because we don't really have any, you know, 
super solid number one contenders right now, other than Alexander Gustafson. So un- underneath Gustafson, because, you know, it is set. We do have it set for Gustafson in our heads to fight for a world title and the not-too-distant future. So Gustafson's not going to be fighting Olven St. Preux or any of the other contenders anytime soon. Um, we got Jimmy Manuel in the books uh, looking to get either Shogun, Volkan, Shogun, Volkan, Ozdemir once again, who who knocked out Jimmy Manuel, and or um, Glover Teixeira. You know, those are all respectable fights. Those are all great fights. Glover Teixeira is a fucking animal. And, you know, the light heavyweight division is very stacked. It's kind of crowded right now. We, you know, we have a list of the top contenders. I mean, we've got Shogun, Volkan, Ovin St. Preux. You've got um, Alexander Gustafson. Who knows what's going on with John Jones? You've got Leo Latifi, who looked absolutely amazing in his last fight against Olven St. Preux. Submitting him with that one, that guillotine choke and, and dropping into the canvas like uh, John Jones did to Leoto Machida back at the UFC 141 or something like that, or 140 or something. Forgot the name, uh, what what number specifically, but Alir Latifi has some fucking power as well. So Alir Latifi, man, he's in a tough, he's in, Glover to share is in a tough, tough, tough spot. He's fighting a guy who can fucking punch. You ever, you've never seen Alir Latifi fight. I, I guarantee and I, I hope to you that you look up some Alir Latifi highlights on YouTube. Guaranteed. It'll look good. Alir Latifi looks good. So I I can't wait for that. I can't wait to see what happens in the light heavyweight division landscape. And absolutely stellar. Okay, ladies and gentlemen, another popular weight class that has been talked about lately has been the 170 pound division now with Colby Covington becoming the UFC interim multiweight champion definitely setting up a date with Tyron Woodley there's no other way to go later on this year for either one of those people but um Colby Covington's talked his way up there the difference is like he's talked his way up but he is also uh he has also, you know, worked hard as well. You know, he's three, it's three of his biggest wins in a row against the stun gun Dong Young Kim. If you ever watched him fight, he's a, he's an aggressive, unpredictable, wild, wild, ferocious fighter with knockout power as well. You know, the judoka who's had some of the best wins, uh, best wins at 170 pounds, and he looks very good. He's one of those. He's one of those hard people to fight because you don't know what he's going to be doing. I mean, look at his spinning back elbow knockout of uh, John Hathaway, which was fucking absolutely amazing. Um, Dong Young Kim, he beat Damian Maya, and a lot of criticisms come into the form of that opponent, and particularly Damian Maya because of his age, because of how withered he is. You know, it's it's, it's not a Damian Maya in his absolute prime. He's on a streak like that. But by all means, he didn't. Damian Maya was looking good up until he fought Tyron Woodley. You know, Tyron Woodley's the kind of guy that you can't. It, it, it's hard to look good because you you make one mistake, you can get cracked with one punch. Because Tyron Woodley can punch. That's for fucking sure. He can punch. So for um for Colby, Colby beat Damian Maya. He beat Dong Young Kim, 
And we move on to the former UFC lightweight champion, Rafael Dos Anjos, in which he smothered him for five rounds. He made him uncomfortable. You know, Rafael Dos Anjos is the next big thing at 170 pounds in a lot of people's eyes. And, you know, the way he went, ran through Neil Magny, how he beat a very, very experienced kickboxer, Tarek Safadine, you know, blasted Robbie Lawler, you know, with all those, uh, you know, the, that huge volume, you know, it was an amazing performance. His absolutely phenomenal performance against Robbie Lawler. You know, Rafael, I was about to call him Rafael, Rafael Dos Anjos was one of the most promising fighters, and he still is, you know, he still has a good future. He has good conditioning, you know, has a better cardio at 170 pounds. It's just Colby Covington has cardio for days, and he has an iron chin, a granite chin, and he's a fantastic wrestler, and, and you know, like I said last week on the podcast, if Colby was going to get Dos Anjos in any trouble, it would be with his grappling. He would he would dist- he would be able to neutralize everything Rafael dos Anjos did with his wrestling because his wrestling is just that good. You know there was a couple times in the fight where dos Anjos did land a couple of good takedowns, and I thought, oh, this would be a good turn. This is a turning point for the fight because it seemed as if Colby really didn't have any answer for the takedowns of dos Anjos. That's just in my opinion. I looked at it like that, but overall. Covington was able to establish a unanimous decision victory and now sets himself up to fight Tyron. So Tyron Woodley, like I said, this is an excellent fight. You know, his last fight uh, was against Damian Maia as well. Tyron, you know, that, that fight, I, I watched the first round of that fight the other day, and I have to be honest with you, that was the most unactive round. I, I don't know who the fuck run that round when I watched it, but it was an absolutely, it was a snooze fest. But that's the same. Styles make fights and all that. And, you know, the way Tyron's been talking about Colby, you know, the, the trash talk that Covington has been throwing the champion's way has really gotten under his skin. We do know that. And we do know that now these two are set to fight. And, you know, the trash talk will be – well, the trash talk will be uh, silenced after this happens. Because we don't know what's going to happen, you know. I can't see Colby out muscling Tyron. I really can't. You know, Colby's made a lot of claims that he has beaten Tyron up in sparring. He's made him quit and all this. But I just, I just can't see that happening. I can't see any way that Colby can win unless he uses his great cardio to shut him down and do what he did to Hoffield Dos Anjos. I mean, if you look at a Colby Covington kind of fight, he, he, he kind of does the same thing every single fight because it works for him. It works for him, and it's something that he does, which he's very good at. You know, obviously he was throwing heat in that fight with Dos Anjos, but it's definitely nerve-wracking to know that if, I mean, Rafael Dos Anjos doesn't have the same power, nowhere near the same power as Tyron Woodley, who is able to close the distance in the snap of a finger, the snap of a Thanos finger. He can close the distance in the blink of an eye. So when he's able to close the distance with the blink of an eye, it's it's scary. It's a scary thing because, you know, if Colby gets hit once, I guarantee you the complexion of that fight, it's going to change drastically. You know, when I, say, I tend to see this all the time. You know, someone gets hit with a big shot. You know, they panic. They go into desperation mode. They end up making some mistakes, and it costs them the fight. They panic, and they don't react to something like they normally were. And, you know, Tyron is healthy now. Obviously, he's doing a lot of things outside the octagon, too, which is great for him. And he has a lot of money. 
he's making a lot of money, excuse me, now with this show on TMZ. He said he has an album coming out. Um as well as as um, uh as well as some movie shit on the side. So, you know, it's good to keep it's that's the things I like to see. Fighters finding ways out of outside of the fights to you know financially support themselves and their families because you know fighting is fighting and you know not everybody that does fighting can be financially stable not everybody that's fighting can be uh can be you know you know fighting can be your number one thing because you know if you're not fighting a lot per year and you don't really make too much money that can be very crucial for you because you got to provide for your income you got to think about this when you when you don't fight you don't get paid i mean you get a little bit of money here and there from your sponsors and all that but you don't get the compensation that you would get if you have a nine to five job you're guaranteed a check every week or every two weeks or you're guaranteed you get paid every single time you 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 have an episode of your show or you have a contract for a specific amount of money every time you have a show and all that all that different stuff so he has a lot of good money coming in so you know tyron's gonna make a lot more money with colby because colby is gonna be talking it up the whole time I'm, I'm guaranteed they're gonna have a press conference and all that and it's gonna be something uh something to watch definitely it's gonna be something definitely i'm, I'm gonna be looking forward to uh, and uh you know colby like I said, you know, he has all the skills in the world, you know. This could be a, a, a big opportunity for him if successful against Woodley and for him to be the world champion. For, for Colby Covington to become the UFC welterweight world champion would be huge for him because obviously you haven't seen Tyron lose in a while and we haven't seen anyone do or talk trash to Tyron the way that Colby has. We, we've seen this trash talking thing. This is a new thing in the sport. This is a new thing that in the world of mixed martial arts, this is the way that guys are going to start talking and promoting themselves. Because, you know, that's all about promotion, you know. Guys complaining about people not promoting, the UFC not promoting. Um, I mean, you got guys like Conor McGregor. I mean, you got original Hall of Famers like Tito and, and, and Chael Sonnen, guys that have been t- trash-talking since day one. You know, that kind of was their forte. And now you got Colby. And ever since Conor, you know, Conor McGregor was the one that brought the effect to the books. He brought it to the game. So everybody's going to be using that tactic. You know, we've seen in a lot of the UFC's big uh, go press conferences, everyone's talking shit to each other and stirring up the crowd. And it's definitely getting everyone riled up. You know, mainly DC, John Jones. I mean, those two legitimately didn't like each other, though. So I can see where that came from. And obviously all their heat, all their bad blood comes from somewhere, you know. Um, that's the best part about this rivalry is that the fact that it stems from somewhere. There's history there. You know, obviously Colby's going to be making some money for 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 the show and obviously for his ratings and what he brings to the table. And, you know, everybody's going to want to be tuning in either to see him win or to see Tyron beat the fuck out of him. That's the only way it's going to go. So after this fight, then we got some other contenders in the 170-pound division still. I mean, obviously, Stephen Thompson said he wants to get back in there as soon as possible and maybe fight uh, Robbie Lawler. He did tell us MCL. He said he wants to get in there maybe like August or something or MSG. He'd like to get a fight with uh, 
Robbie Lawler, who is also out right now due to an injury. He blew his ACL in that fight with Dos Anjos, so he's been out for a little bit. Maybe an end-of-the-year fight for him would be a good one. Um, Steven Thompson, he's still got – obviously, Darren Till is still in the books. Um, I don't know what they're going to be doing with Kamaru Usman, who just came off a win over Damian Maya as well. It seems like everyone's beating Damian Maya nowadays. I mean, if you look at Damian Maya's last three fights, he's fought big, strong wrestlers. Fought Tyron Woodley, obviously fought Kamara Usman, and now he's fought he fought Colby Covington as well. I mean, Colby Covington is probably the least strongest out of all three of those guys, but um, definitely is pretty strong when it comes down to physique wise. Physique wise, Tyron Woodley and and, and Kamara Usman were two of the stronger guys Damian Maya fought, but um, definitely you know I'm I'm curious to know what they're gonna do. I mean, we got Darren Till still in the books. You know, he did miss weight. A lot of people are criticizing him for missing weight. And, you know, all these people that have been missing weight lately have also been winning. You know, it's, it's, it's an unfortunate thing. There have been a lot of talks about penalties and fighters talking about, you know, they shouldn't be eligible for fight of the night bonus if they miss weight. Obviously, that's already how, it's, how it is. But just the fact that Stephen Thompson made a good point talking about moving up in weight and moving up in ranks you shouldn't be able eligible to move up in the ranks if you don't make weight so it's like it's almost like if you don't make weight but you still win in a precious fashion you're getting rewarded so a lot of people are seeing this as people getting rewarded still for not making weight but still being able to fight the, this happened we've seen this with yoel romero against luke rockhold We've seen this against Yoel with, with Robert Whittaker the second time. So, you know, it's nothing new, but it's just something that we've, the UFC seriously got to get under control and they've got to come up with uh, ways to make sure that this doesn't happen repeatedly in the future because it is a sickening thing to see those people who missed weight come in. Uh, I mean, the fights are contracted at the weights that they're from. 170, you're fighting at 170. You weigh in at 170 pounds. 185, you weigh in at 185. 205, you weigh in at 205. Heavyweight, you weigh in 207, 206, and up, and obviously, et cetera. You know, you get the point. That's the thing. You've got to make weight, and if you don't make weight, then you lose your eligibility to fight for the fight. Um, obviously, for, I mean, we've seen Ally Aquinta. You know, this was another one against Habib. You know, he. It was a non-title fight, you know, but he still made the weight. You know, there's been time that Anthony Pettis fought Max Holloway for the interim uh, featherweight title, lost because and it didn't make weight, so he was uneligible to fight for the world. He, he fought, but he wasn't eligible to win the world title. So there's scenarios when this happens, and, you know, it just depends on what happens. And, you know... Whatever happens with this division, I can't wait to see it. But I want to see Darren Till make weight again. And I don't know who he should fight next. I mean, he just beat the number one contender, Stephen Thompson. So I don't know maybe if he's going to sit in the wings maybe and, and wait for something to happen. And, you know, once Colby versus Tyron gets announced, maybe I don't know if he wants to fight before that. Who knows what he wants to do. Okay, moving on to some more interesting, exciting, and hopefully true news and in, excuse me, the UFC's number one competitor, Bellator. We got some interesting Bellator news. was rumored that they will hold a press conference and Quentin Rampage Jackson and Vanderlei Silva will be there. So in our eyes, they are rumored to fight. We don't know when. 
We don't know at what weight class. We do know that they're possibly going to be fighting. So, fourth time, first time Vanderlei won, second time Vanderlei won, third time in the UFC, Rampage knocked him out with a beautiful left hook. I put it into that story. That was the best capstone ever. And now we got Rampage here yet again set to fight Vanderlei. Not set officially, but these two are rumored to fight, be fighting. And hopefully if they do fight, that'll be an excellent one. You know, it's like, you know, two of their battles are in pride. One of their battles is in the UFC. And one of their final final battle, if so, will be in the Bellator cage. You know, Rampage did uh did re-sign with Bellator and he's gonna probably finish out finish out his career there. Rampage is coming off of a, I think a loss to uh Chael Sonnen. Uh, for the in the first round of the Grand Prix, so uh, for the heavyweight tournament, so he's he he's been looking to get booked, and none other than Vanderlei Silva. I mean, if he's gonna have fights the rest of his career, he should have fights that make sense, have fights that are fun, have fights that are gonna get us all excited. We I mean, haven't seen Vanderlei fought fight since he fought Chael Sonnen in Bellator. Was glad that happened. Chael defeated him by unanimous decision. Um... And no, now with this fight, it's going to be interesting because now if Rampage wins, it's going to be two and two. It's going to be two and two, so I have to fight one more time. Silva versus Rampage five. I'm just saying, if they really do, if you really, as fans, if you really want to count it like that, that's the way it would be. I can't wait to see what, what's going to happen with that. Um, some other stuff. Some other things that are in the news lately. Um, in outside of the world um, of mixed martial arts, in the world of music, rap, hip hop, whatever it is you want to call it, a couple days ago, twenty, I think twenty year old, nineteen year old um, rapper XX Extension. Uh, yeah, Tentacion, XXX, I can't pronounce his fucking name, but it was reported that he was shot and killed instantly while um, shopping for motorcycles in, I think, Deer Beach, Florida or something like that. Let me look it up. Some crazy shit. This has been in the news, and I didn't even know who the fuck this guy was until I really started looking it up and I started to learn, but let me see. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to pull it up anyway. But he was shot and he was killed. He's unresponsive. And the thing that sickens me is what the fact is what, what happened is that, you know, he was shot. He, the two robbers allegedly went up to the car. One shot him and they stole his Louis Vuitton bag. He was in a BMW, a beautiful BMW, by the way. Um, and he was he was shot and he was killed. He, he comes from a troubled past. He was 20 years old, actually. So he was shot and killed, leaving a motorcycle dealership in Deerfield Beach, Florida. Um, he had a troubled past. He was currently waiting uh, on trial. He was uh, waiting charges for the domestic uh, abuse. I think, uh, uh, what is it called? Um, domestic violence against a, an ex-girlfriend. It wasn't fully convicted for that, but he has a whole bunch of, uh, had a whole bunch of charges that he was waiting for, and he was on trial for all that shit. So um, he was in some trouble, and he was facing a lot of counts of assault, um, of um, false imprisonment, and um, 
yeah, you know, domestic violence. So he, he was in jail for a lot, a long time. Um, he, he, well, he wasn't in jail for a long time, but he, he has made some trips to jail for the actions that he has done. And, um, you know, he's a young rapper. I mean, we got this generation of young rappers now. I mean, you look at it. I mean, guys, guys like um, 6 9 Little Pump, um, the little girl Bad Barbie. Uh, a lot of these young kids, really young kids. I'm not talking, I'm not saying he was he's anywhere near what Bad Barbie is aspiring to be or anything like that, or all those young YouTube phenomenons. But he had some solid skills. And aside from everything else that he was accused of and doing, I did see a video of him actually smacking his girlfriend in the mouth with his backhand, which she said on a report that I was reading that that was his favorite thing to do to her. And she felt. Buster always hurt her lips when she did that. He 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 hurt her so bad that her one of her eyes, someone says, like almost blind, blind in one eye. You know, the so hit her so much in her eye, like hurt her and damaged her so much that her eyes started bleeding and potentially could be blind. So she needed some bad surgery, or she was going to go blind in that eye. So she set up a GoFundMe account and all that. And um, you know, it's a it's a really, really, really sucky situation. You know, a lot of criticisms on the internet. I was reading a lot of the comments, a lot of people mourning the loss of XXX. And, um, you know, that's the way we live. That's the world we live in. You know, we got, when we have famous artists that we follow, and I didn't follow them. I didn't know who it was till the other day. I did a lot of research on it and, and what happened and, you know, what could possibly have been the motive for the shooters and all that. It's rumored, you know, there's a lot of a couple suspects in there. Soldier Kid. I don't soldier dot under soldier dot kid K I D D was responsible for it. A lot of people are saying that due to the fact that you know, in the police report, it was said that it was two black males. So it was called Soldier Kid and some other guy who I don't know the name of was in a car. It wasn't the same car that matched the description, but they had the red mask and there was a gun in there and and some food from maybe like around the corner a little bit closer to like not even that far from where he was originally shot so i don't know there's a lot of rumors and you know people are throwing out a lot of things a lot of allegations trying to put people on the spot like that and uh, i don't we really don't know what truly happened because we don't have all the footage you know a lot of people around the world don't know what happened a lot of his fans and a lot of the fans thousands of his fans gathered in los angeles a lot of people gathered around the site where he was killed at and you know they're mourning the loss of this young pop rock star and um you know it's a sucky thing like i said you know all the charges all the things that he's done everybody has demons and all that but in my head there's no there's no there's no reason to wish death on somebody or to you know be happy that he's gone or be happy or not feel sorry i mean it's the fact that somebody died i mean if somebody in your family died just because they may have made some mistakes or have done some things that a lot of people necessarily don't approve of and things that are wrong, like obviously domestic violence is one of the top priority on the list. I mean, you should never put your hands on a woman. As the fact is that she was pregnant as well, so that makes it even more horrible. You know, if you would have killed the baby, you know, you threatened to kill her, then to kill the baby and all that, you know, so that, that adds a lot more of, you know, it, it makes it extra bad. So he makes it extra bad. It, it's very bad because the fact is, you know, you don't hit women in general. And, you know, I'm against completely against that because, you know, my own mother had to go through that. She was hit by my father a lot, too. I didn't see it a lot. You know, mainly it was just 
a lot of stuff that I heard about what happened when I was younger and all that. So it's, it's, it's a very serious thing, domestic violence and abusive relationships physically. I do not believe anyone that is in a relationship should ever physically have to put their hands on each other, except for when they're just touching each other, like, you know, regularly. You know, if you get in a fight, you get in an argument, you shouldn't be throwing hands at each other or anything or fighting like that. And that's not the ways to handle things, you know. A lot of his music did speak up to how he was feeling, you know, through his depression, through him wanting to kill him, get out of the, get out of the, get out of the world he was living in. A lot of people around the world, you know, could relate to those things because you know depression is a real thing. You know, going through things like the, going through hardships in life, and everybody goes through them. So you know, music is a big turning point for a lot of people to, um, you know. A lot of people do turn to music to cure their weaknesses and cure that whatever it is that they're going through. And, you know, music does put a lot of, you know, it touches a lot of people's hearts. So, you know, as fans and people around the world, when someone we don't even know, but we follow so closely in life and we know a lot about them, like celebrity wise, when they pass, something like that is bound to happen. You know, people are going to be uniting together. People are going to be mourning the loss. And, you know, sometimes it doesn't feel real when it comes down to thinking about your favorite artist has died. I mean, the fact is he died and he was 20 years old. He was 20 years old and he had a whole life ahead of him. Obviously, those charges were pending and all that. And we don't know what would have happened with him. But, you know, now the fans around the world are left with the mourning and passing of this young rap star, you know, African-American. You know, there's a lot of these young kids now that are that are rapping and, you know, a lot of new generation rappers, which are younger than what we originally used to have. Like, you know, Ice Cube and Dr. Dre and Eminem and Snoop Dogg, all of the original OG, G-Unit, 50 Cent, you know, those are in our generations now. You know, our, our artists are starting to get a little old. You know, 50 Cent's starting to get a little old. He's trying to make headlines by talking shit and, um... Talking about MMA fighters, which he doesn't know anything about. Talking about Connor, he's talking about uh, Rampage, wanting to fight Rampage and all that bullshit. <laughs> we have 50 Cent do, talking about MMA now because that's the hotbed. That's what we all talk about now. Um, I mean, Dr. Dre doesn't really rap too much anymore. We got Eminem, you know, all original people, all the rappers, all the singers. I mean, Beyonce's still popping in 2018 and all that. Um, and they just heard her husband, Jay-Z just released a new album too. So, um, they're doing good, but now we've got all these rappers. We've got everybody's rapping nowadays, you know, from rapping on SoundCloud, releasing music on SoundCloud, Apple pot, uh, Apple music, uh, you know, Spotify, some of the music released on Pandora as well. And, you know, people like six, nine and all these super young people, super young people making a living. And these kids are millionaires. They're making a lot of money. You know, not just the rappers, but the entertainers, the people that do those skits on YouTube, on Instagram. You know, we got Tonio skits. You got Julia Runkin, aka Julia Bad Butt. Um, you've got uh, Salise Rose, my favorite one. Salise, Salise Rose is one of the best, if, if not the best. You know, it all started with Vine. People were doing, people were uh, doing vines. You know, vines no longer existed, but a lot of people on the internet making skits, making long videos, and attracting the attention of a lot of younger, a younger audience, inspiring them, making them fans to the point where every time you have a show every week, everyone's going to be tuning in, and if you skip a week or something, everyone's going to be chipping. 
So I've seen the rise of all these young kids slowly but surely. And some people just rise right to the top. I mean, Bad Barbie, Danielle Brigoli, started on by getting on Dr. Phil show, being disrespectful to her mother. I don't know if it was an act, but she was on the Dr. Phil show with her mother and very disrespectful to Dr. Phil. And what I remember was she had told him to catch her outside. Like, let's go outside. Let's fight. Let's throw down. And he's like, catch you out, catch you outside in like a normal way, like a non gangster related way, like no slang or anything like that. Dr. Phil Khan, so the bald white guy, how do you expect him to know what the fuck, what, what, what the fuck that means? And ever since then, everybody turned what she said into a meme all over the internet. She got popular off that. She started hanging out with a lot of famous people, a lot of famous rappers, going to Hollywood. Now she's going on tour. Now she's releasing music. She went from being an annoying little brat on Dr. Phil, rude brat on Dr. Phil, to becoming famous worldwide now, making probably millions of dollars. I mean, if that's the if if that's the uh, direction this this generation is going into, mm, I don't know what music is gonna turn into with our generation turning like that. Excuse me, I didn't mean to say our our generation. It's not my generation. It's it's a new kid's generation. My generation was Snoop Dogg, Dr. Dre. Um, and like I said, Eminem, Snoop Dogg, 50 Cent, um, Mac Dre. I mean, we could, there's some damn good artists out there right now that I fuck with right now. Like the Migos, um, Ray Scrim, uh, gotta be honest, I do like Little Pump's music though. He, he's good. Um, 6 9 not too much of a fan. Because I feel like... I, I, I'm just not a fan. It's not my kind of music. I mean, I'm 6 9 I, I like it. It's catchy and stuff. But I'm not passionate about the music. Like, I I'm, uh, I mean, I'm, I'm a huge fan of music. But I have a lot of different genres. So a lot of different genres. So I like pop. I like music, you know, produced by DJ Snake. Alessio. Um... Um, a lot of a lot of a lot of different types of music. So you know, it's 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 a different it's a different kind of vibe nowadays because you know if you if you want to find where these young rappers are coming from, go no farther than hitting up World Star at World Star Hip Hop on Instagram. They promote. A lot of bullshit. A lot of bullshit. A lot of funny stuff. A lot of funny posts. A lot of YouTubers. A lot of funny people on there. As well as promoting a lot of these young artists. And the thing that scares me the most about this is the fact that everyone's catching on. The fact that these people have mainstream fans. But then again, we can't. I can't control what goes on in this generation. We can't control the way that it's changing why it's changing, different things about that. We can't change that. That's the generation we live in. Sometimes it's got to get shitty before it gets better. 
But the real OGs, the real ones, we all know what music we grew up with. None of that bullshit. I like the Migos. I like all the new shit that's out here. Um, obviously, Cardi B. Cardi B wasn't around when I was little. That was a fitment of our imagination. I like Cardi B. I mean, obviously, Nicki Minaj. Sexy as fuck. I love Nicki Minaj. Mm. You got Ariana Grande, who's still relatively new to the world of music. Say what you want about how much, how, how long she's been around. But, you know, when I watched Ariana Grande, I seen her on the shows like Victorious and, and uh, I think that's like one of the only ones I seen her almost like Victorious. She played Cat Valentine, the girl with the red hair. I mean, you got all these famous stars like, you know, Miranda Cosgrove. Um, you got the girl from Jesse. Um, I mean, Demi Lovato making her move from acting to music. And a lot of these famous TV stars making their move to me- the music world. So the famous mo- movie stars we had as children are now making their jump to music. We got a lot of younger, younger, a lot of younger stars in 2020. I was going to say 2018. We got a lot of younger stars. And it's interesting to see the way that our generation is going to go. Sometimes it gets worse. Like I said before, it gets better. But we don't know. Sometimes, I mean, it's mainly rap music, though. Sometimes we come across people that are damn good. that are talented. I mean, I'm more, I mean, going back to, XXX's music, his music was a lot very descriptive and told a story, so when you get rappers that talk about drugs, talk about fucking women talk about having sex snorting cocaine doing molly all this all this drug stuff that's what's gonna kill our generation of children you know, hearing young children and the youngs and these songs talking about popping Molly, smoking weed, doing all this cool shit that people that back in the day did without having to talk about. It. I mean, look at Tupac. He has a story behind his music. You look at Ice Cube, you look at uh, NWA. All these people have fucking stories behind their songs. They're songs from writing about what they've been living through, what they've been going through as kids, as teenagers, as preteens, all this shit, things they've seen. And all respects to the artists right now that currently are talking currently about their own lives. Even Jay Cole is an example. He's, a, he's an example of talking about what goes on around the world. Um, I mean, Kendrick Lamar is very good as well. Um, you know, you got a lot of solid artists out there that I'm a huge, a huge fan of. It's mainly just the younger generation that I have a problem with. It's, it's, you know, obviously there's great artists out there. And I've got to say, even though those artists talk about drugs, Molly, all this different bullshit out there, I still listen to it. I'm going to be honest. I'm not going to bullshit. I'm not going to say anything. I'm not going to talk about it just because, um, just, I'm not going to talk, be against it just because it's the way our direction, our generation is turning. Because regardless of that, I'm I'm not going to be inspired to want to do any of those drugs or anything like that. I'm not going to be inspired to act a certain way or act dumb, be stupid as fuck. I mean, if that's the way they're going to turn, that's the way they're going to turn. But you've got to think about it like this. When those artists are talking about all those things in their lyrics, you've got people that are going to want to do those things. 
want to go to the party. You want to have a bunch of a bunch of hoes. I, mean, I sound I so so sounds so funny when I say that because I don't have I don't have like a ghetto accent or anything. Having hoes, having a bunch of women at your house, having sex with one every single day—that just seems to be the popular norm. Popping mollies, doing Xanax. Because last time I checked, doing drugs is what's going to kill you early in life. I mean, you look at people that have died due to drug overdoses, unfortunately, but drugs is definitely not the way to go. If you're going to go somewhere, go somewhere that is going to be beneficial for you. You know, I'm a huge fan of people that, like I, I keep saying, that, you know, the people that have, have a meaning, meaning to their lyrics and actual actual songs that make sense. You know, a lot of these new songs have the tendency, which is really fucking annoying, to repeat the same thing over and over. I got to go to the house. What? I got to go to the house. What? I got to get this girl to the house. What? I got to get this girl to the house. Oh, let's go to the fuck of the house. Oh, smoking on the weed in the house. Oh, what the fuck of the house? Oh, I just got four clothes in my house. Oh. I mean, it's like the whole same fucking thing. That was a horrible fucking... I can rap way better than that. I can actually freestyle. But, um... That's just... I got to go to the house. Oh, want to dismiss in the house? Oh, I watched this bitch go into my house. Oh, cops are all in my house. Oh, there is a party in my house. Oh, pool popping. Oh, oh, pill stopping. Oh, oh. Just kidding. I fucking suck a scene. But... It's the world we live in. Just as not only in the music industry, it's the world we live in from the way people act, from the ways people treat each other, from the ways they talk to each other. There's a lot of things we do in this generation that's new, that's different, that we never did as kids. And the number one thing that comes to mind when I talk about this and I think about this has to be phones. The utilization of the cellular phone. The newest iPhone is coming out. We've got to go get it. Mom, the newest iPhone came out. Can I get the new iPhone X? The X Plus comes out in September. I've got to get the newest Android out there, the Galaxy S9, the Galaxy S9 Plus. No, Mom, I don't want to make payments. Can you buy it for me, please? A $1,000 fucking phone. So the kids have to have the phone. That's another problem that I have. Is the fact that these young kids are in possession of the internet. It's a very bad thing. It's really bad. It's really bad. For young kids, probably from the age of like five, five and so on. Five, nine years old, 11 years old. Having the access to the fucking internet. There are some good things about it. These young kids get smarter a little too fast. They learn. I mean, obviously, there's nothing wrong with learning. They're smart as fuck. They found ways to occupy themselves, but that's not the angle. That's not the direction that was it was meant to go. Because when we're, when I was a little kid, I didn't have a bunch of phones. I didn't have the latest things. I recently just got the phones. These started getting into phones probably like four or five, maybe six years ago. And now these kids are having nicer phones than you and me. Getting all these young, getting these new things, getting uh, 
brand new cars, their parents buying them new cars, leasing. Well, I don't consider them buying because they lease them, they make payments. I have a doubt the parents is going to spend grand and and bands on cars for the children. With all these younger kids, younger teenagers, 16, 17, 18, 19, having all these nice, nice cars and, you know, being fed with a silver spoon and all that. You know, it's a really different generation the world we live in. I mean, you look at 90% of the people around you, you know, from San Francisco and L.A., major cities like that, just from the normal city you're living in, Sacramento, everybody's rocking around with their heads down, looking at their phone, creating a double shit. That's where the majority of it comes from. And I talked about this a long, long time ago, but that is one of the reasons, and that's where laziness comes from. Laziness. It, it, it inspires laziness. So these phones inspire laziness. Phones, tablets, iPhone, it doesn't matter what the fuck you're using. It's the fact that it's going to promote laziness. People want to be on their phone. I'm on my phone all day. So you have, this is how we know it's a curse. People are always on their phones. They've, they've got to post. I, I do all these things, by the way. you got to post memes. you got to check your Snapchat. you got to check your Instagrams. you got to post a certain amount of pictures. And, and good God forbid, people that want a bunch of followers and want this or want that. Want all these people to follow them. Want to slide in people's DMs. you got all these people doing this creative shit online now. I mean, online wasn't really existent when I was a kid, so you couldn't really do all the crazy stuff that you could do on Twitter, you could do on Instagram and all that. I mean, we're having the ability to um, follow your favorite actors or actresses or singers, comedians, etc. This being able to follow all your favorite celebrities and having access to the news without having just to watch TV, being able to watch your favorite shows online for a certain price per month. I mean, Netflix. I mean, look at how Netflix used to be back in the day. Like Back in the day, Netflix used to be a disc in the mail. You would order it online, and it would send you in the mail within like three to four business days or something like that. And then after that, it was like you would return it and send it back. Now Netflix is an account thing that everybody can sign in onto. Did you know it was illegal to share your Netflix account information with somebody? I read that on the internet like hell long ago. I didn't know that. And uh, yeah, I still do that. Um, don't listen to me. I'm not being honest. <laughs> but um, it, it definitely is crazy the way that we've we've really changed. Like the generations has changed since since I was a kid. Now looking at it in 2018, it's just like you got these new singers, you got these new new cars, new uh, new rappers, different new phones coming out, all this fancy ass shit that. A lot of us maybe aren't too familiar with and have to get familiar with because of the fact that um, it's it's the world we live in. And now and the rule is today, if you don't adapt to it, you're going to be behind. You're not going to be up to date on the latest stuff. You're, you're not going to be into everything that that you're not going to be up to date. You know, everybody's into this shit. So you're going to be the one outside guy or outside woman that doesn't like this. That doesn't, doesn't, I mean, there's a lot of people that are like that. You don't feed into the new bullshit generation that we have nowadays. I mean, from people looking at the problems we have politically, which we've always had political problems, present problems for the longest time. So I don't know why people are bringing that up now, but um, we've got a lot of problems going on. There's a lot of things going on in our world today that problems that never used to be there 
I mean, from, you know, racism still alive. Um, I don't think slavery too much, but it's mainly just racism. A lot of cop brutality. That's That's been going on for a long time, too, but a lot of it's been happening, you know, particularly... You know, a lot of people are labeling African-Americans and, and labeling, and, and, you know, there's a lot of profiling and a lot of, you know, bad judgments when it comes to cops and police activity and stuff and, and people getting away with things that shouldn't be getting away with things, committing crimes, you know, not getting a full penalty for it. And it's just a, cr- a crazy world we live in. It's a crazy world we live in, ladies and gentlemen, because the fact is that, um, it's changing. Everything's rapidly changing from the politics to the rules, um, to what we can and can't do to what we have access to and all that. So it's definitely a scary year world we live in. I mean, I seen something else on the internet. It's been going on for probably like three days. Not, not it's been going, I've been paying attention to it for, for three days. It is a child immigration thing. I'm, I'm one, I'm not going to talk about politics or get super deep into this is actually fact. Like one of the, like maybe things I least amount like to talk about is uh the immigration thing. You know, obviously you're required to be when you're in, when you're in the United States, you're required to be a United States citizen. Otherwise, unless you have your visa or you have your passport and all that, but undocumented immigrants, particularly from Mexico, you know, I understand President Trump's, um, you know, obviously trying to protect everybody from immigrate immigrants because you know people that come over that illegally immigrants committing crimes or getting paid under the table, not paying taxes and all that, not being registered to pay taxes, having being able to skip out and work in the U.S. without having to pay taxes, you know, being here illegally causing problems, overpopulation. Um, it, it, it's an unfortunate thing, but. You know, a lot of people have not not only from Mexico. I'm not just saying you're from Mexico, but from India, from from Islam, from Afghanistan, from around the world to France. Everybody's coming over here to make it a better place, to to make their life a better place. As well as the immigrant workers, a lot of the Mexican workers are very hard workers. They're very good workers. They're great. A lot, a lot of great people have come out of those countries looking to just work, you know, provide for their families in which they do, but do it legally. You can come in here and work your ass off. You can come in here and, and do amazing and stuff, but you got to come in here legally. That's the thing. So what I was going to really get into was the child, children. The children being separated from their families at the border. You know, the children, so a lot of children in those little cages or what, not cages, but those little like cells and stuff, you know, temporary being, being held, you know, I don't know what the, what it is. Or I don't know if they're going to, I don't think they're going to take the parents to jail or anything like that, but they did take the children away from their parents and they're very scared. The young children, maybe like four or five, six years old being separated from their parents, not knowing what's going on, not knowing what the rules are, not knowing even knowing what the fuck immigration is. And it's a very scary topic. It's a very scary thing. It's a very sad thing to see going on. But it's a scary world we live in, you know, for the parents. You know, parents shouldn't be putting their children through that. And I understand coming coming over and wanting to better their lives, you know, have a fresh new start in, United, in the United States and stuff. But you got to do it legally. You know, obviously there's an immigration policy that we all have to follow. 
you know, if you want to go to a different country, you have to have a passport, you have to have a visa, you have to apply for citizenship eventually if you're really, if you're looking to stay there permanently. And there's a lot of things that are required before happening. And a lot of people just either don't have the knowledge or time or, or want to make the efforts for doing those kinds of things. So, you know, they don't. And ICE, immigration, uh, ICE is the number one uh, force that goes out there and, you know, cap uh, and gets all the people that are unlicensed, undocumented immigrants. And they bring them in and, you know, I don't, who knows? I never knew what they did with them afterwards. That's the thing. I don't know if they, if they send them back to where they came from, if they detain them. I don't know what happens. But for, like I said, it's for the children. When it comes to young children, it, 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 it's, a, it's a sad situation for young children to go through. I would never want to put any children through that. So it just depends on what really, it just really depends. Like the parents, parents shouldn't be putting each other there. And I know the, the, the putting their children's in that kind of harm. But um, when it comes to it, you know, President Trump just recently signed uh, uh, something to keep families together at the border. And not separate them like that. So we did see a lot of famous celebrities out there reaching out, talking about um, talking about how uh, you know how this is affecting them and how it's scary and how it's, it's monstrous of us to do this. And you know now that just got resolved. So um, definitely, definitely a very uh, very touching subject. And, a little bit uncomfortable, but um, definitely looking at the pictures and all that. But other than that, you know, that, that's enough on that talk. But um, I'm going to go right back to XXXTension real quick. Um, what I was going to say was um, one thing I did not approve of 100% was the crime scene. The fact that he was dead in, in his car. He was shot in his car, dead, head leaning to the side, his hands stiff as a board, and you know, he was shot I think it was he shot and stabbed. He was shot he was robbed, he was shot and presumed dead right at the scene. Originally they said he had no pulse and all that and you know he was he, he died later at the hospital, but rumored said he was dead before that. He was dead in the car. But you got all these people that are on Snapchat, that are on Instagram, that are on Facebook tagging each other. Posting pictures of his bot, posting pictures of him, posting the videos of of him in his car, deceased, and putting it all over the internet. And you know, warning: this viewer discretion is advised. Graphic images, click to view. That new thing that Facebook does when the images are too graphic, and they think it's it, it may be uncomfortable for some viewers. He does this. The, everyone's taking pictures, Snapchats, Instagrams, but no one's helping. It's not going to help. Why don't you call the cops? Why don't you bring people? Uh, call the emergency. Have people come there instantly, rather than just standing by and taking snapshots and doing all this other stuff. Like I said, that also ties into our generation now. It's people with their phones. They're going to be doing these things with their phones, and it, it's the world we live in. But anyways, ladies and gentlemen, I'm done with that. And um. That has to do it, ladies and gentlemen, for our show today. That is everything I wanted to cover. We kind of we talked about a lot of interesting stuff today. Today is one of the best episodes of segments that I think you probably ever had. We talked about a lot, from mixed martial arts to the new generation of rappers, 
to what went on with ten to XX Extension. Um, I hope I'm saying his name right, but um, from that to Ariel, we started off with talking about Ariel Hawani's new show once again. Congrats, Ariel, to a phenomenal debut and you know signing with ESPN and you know living your dream is one of the most exciting things that I can probably talk about. The first thing that was the first thing we talked about and everything else, but you guys know where to find me at G Meeker MMA on Twitter and Instagram. Facebook.com slash GabyBaby123. Ladies and gentlemen, we will be back next week. G-Meeker MMA out, baby. See you all next week.